If you were ever able to get inside my mind and hear my thoughts, you would understand very quickly that they fray in a bunch of different directions. Professionally, I was a hockey player and now I'm a coach. So one would think that that's what I live and breathe, but that's not the case at all, actually. Though I love what I do, there is so much outside of the game that I'm hugely passionate about. I love music, guitars, motorcycles, the arts, and I've even come to love history and geography through my travels, if you can believe it. My podcast is about all of these things, and I speak with some really cool people that I've met throughout my career and let the conversation kind of take off. So join me inside my brain, and welcome to my Motley Thoughts. All right, konnichiwa. (laughs) I hope everyone is having an awesome day today. I know I am. (laughs) I am because my guest today is someone I, although I really hoped, I never thought in a million years that he would do this. He's an ex-NHL and American League defenseman, drafted in the first round in 1980 by the Philadelphia Flyers. First round. Who the fuck knows what they were thinking? (laughs) Uh, He also did a, a short stint in Toronto with the Leafs. His playing career spanned 10 years, and since then, he's gone on to have an unreal career as a coach for 27 years. And in that time, he had the pleasure of working with me (laughs) in the LA Kings organization. Jokes aside, he is someone that I would want to have my back anytime when the chips are down. I give you my good friend, Mr. Mike Stuthers. Hello, Dusty. It's been a long time, my friend. What's going on? It's been a long time. I don't even know how long it's been since we actually have talked. We've texted and stuff, but that's about it. Well, yeah, and we have had some uh, conversations on the phone, but it's been too long. It, it's you know what it is, Dusty. It's the same as it always is. Like, you know, you work with people, you played with guys, and you and you always got along great, and you thought, wow, you know, it'll be so easy to keep in touch. But there's something about the way we're built, uh, whether a guy gets traded or goes to a different team. You know, like it's not that you forget about the guy, but it's just that you don't get in contact as much, but the real best part of it for me is when you do, when you do reconnect, it's like, it's like it was just yesterday. Like you and I, we could sit here and tell stories probably until the cows come home. We would bore everybody to death. You know what I mean? But I think that's the beauty of the game. And I think that's the beauty of, you know, the friendships that you build out of it. So, you know what, when you said, uh, when you texted me and you asked me, I was, uh, I was resistant. I'm not, I'm not opposed to these things, Dusty. I'm right. not a real social media guy, as yeah. you well know. Um, I'm not really comfortable. I, I mean, I'm on Twitter. I've never sent a tweet in my life. Um, <laughs> I'm very limited as to what I do. And uh, quite frankly, I'm probably going to get myself in trouble with uh, Biz because he's been <laughs> asking me to come on his show. And I keep saying, I don't know, Biz, I don't know if I'm ready for that. And um, But you know what? It was, uh, I think... You know, it just seemed like a good fit today for us to do this. And I'm happy to talk to you. And no, you know what? We can talk it. about anything. It's an open book, my friend. It, yeah, I appreciate that. It's funny you bring up Biz because it was really ironic that that day I, text, I texted you and you said you needed to sit on that one and think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, day, days later, whenever you, you text me back and said, so when are we going to do this? And that same day, I had just got off the texting biz 
And I threw it out there and you know how biz now he's big, like he's blown up huge with, with spitting chiclets and he's a busy man. And I thought, ah, you know what? I'll throw it out there. See what he says. Like, so I asked him and he texted me back right after you did. And he said, he's hundred percent in. So I'm going to get biz on uh, next week, I think. <laughs> Well, we should have had it coordinated so that we both went in on at the same time. I and then we could, have, we could have taken care of both of them because, I, again, I keep saying to the biz, I, I have not said no to it, but um, I have been guarded. And, I mean, he is and they are quite popular and quite oh, yeah. big. And they've had some incredible guests. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know like if I'm ready <laughs> for that or if they're ready for me. So, um, but, again, it's it's it has nothing to do with, uh, Bis or you, uh, I choose to, uh, you know, kind of remain anonymous or, yeah, yeah. uh, I just not real comfortable, um, throwing everything out there. Yeah. Uh, again, I refer to the social media and, and, and sometimes you look and, you know, somebody puts out there that they had a ham sandwich for lunch. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck does that matter? Like, who cares, buddy? Like, I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, a, it's, it's kind of, I don't know. There's, there's, there's too much out there. Yeah. Too much. Well, it, it's with social media, it's, it's tough because times have changed in how people communicate. And especially right now, right now, it's really weird because um, it's easy to get shut off. It, it's without the social media, it's like you really get out of touch sometimes with some of the other people that are, say, are more. Uh, that's their main form of communication. So it's either you resist and you kind of get blocked off and not know what's going on. Or uh, for me anyways, like I, my other friend, Steve Casper, who I coached with last year, he is 100% much like you in the sense, like not a social media guy. He won't even download Twitter onto his app. I mean, he's at the app onto his phone. Sorry. Uh, he's that hardcore as far as social media and going, not using it, but, uh, he, he's big on pick up the phone or meet in person. That's it for him kind of thing. And I respect well, you're, Yeah, but you're right. It's so hard now because we can't meet in person. Yeah. yeah. And, and our situation is we're on two separate coasts. So yeah. that's not going to happen until the next time our paths cross in our hockey careers, which I hope is sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know what, this is actually for some, a real good, uh, situation and that they can continue to keep in contact with people, which I think is important. Um, yeah. you know, that they're not isolated and everything else. Now, you know, uh, again, I look at it from, from the Twitter standpoint, I like to follow the hockey and, and stuff like right. that. And, and, and more of that end of things. But if I am going to talk to an individual or a friend, I'll say, Hey, when's a good time to call or, and then we'll set up something that way because it is virtually impossible to go and see anybody right now. I don't know what it's like out there in BC dusty, but um, as of today here in Ontario, uh, we're in a complete lockdown. Like they don't want anybody oh, going really? out for any reason other than uh, groceries or medical uh, purposes. And I have not been, and as I said, it, it's, you know, it's only started today. Um, but the feedback I'm getting is like the local police, the OPP, Ontario Provincial Police, they're pulling people over and asking them, you know, what the purpose of them, them being on the road. So um, it, the, the cases have gotten really crazy with COVID um, down in the Toronto and Windsor area. 
um, and it seems to be going in the wrong direction. So I think uh, they're going to try this for the next little while. But having said that, now if you're used to having, you know, uh, the odd small gathering and you know keeping it outside, which you know was a little easier when I first got back and we had the summer. Now it's it's uh, you know January. We've got snow. It's a little bit colder, so that's almost an impossibility. So. I think for some people without their cell phone or their their devices to get on the social media to find out what's going on, they would be very limited. Yeah. And you know what? You got to worry about people like that. I mean, it's um, the mental health issues and everything else. Everybody's under some kind of strain right now. And yeah. it doesn't matter what, you know, you, you look and you go, okay, I think I've got my shit together. But you know that, you know, we're all affected. And don't kid okay. yourself that there's something that's, that's involved in everybody's families right now. And, and you're just like, Oh boy, like, let's just, let's just stay with a, with a straight line and a good purpose and just reach out to each other as best you can and let everybody know, Hey, we're out there. We love you. We miss you. We're going to get together as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, hey, I, I hear you a hundred percent. That was one of the big reasons for that. I started it like doing it. Cause it was, uh, uh, I thought it would be, uh, not just fun, but like helpful for me, like to, to do something and, and, and reconnect with people uh, that I know and, and, and care about and, and talk some good stories and, and have some, you know, positive enjoyment out of this shit show that we're kind of going through. I actually had my last guest was Corey Hirsch and uh, we talked cause he's a huge advocate for uh, mental health. Sure, yeah. And, um, and obviously has dealt with it himself personally at a large scale. So we, you know, we, we had a, a lot of moments of light talk, but we also talked about that. And, uh, you know, I, I had a um, addiction therapist on as well, and he helped out and, and, and gave his number out uh, to, for people, because there's a lot of that going on as well uh, with all that's going on. Like for someone like yourself, or me that I don't want to say uh, we're not affected by it because we are, but I, I seem to have a, a solution mentality and kind of, you know, stomp forward kind of mentality and deal with what's given to me. Uh, but there's a lot of people out there that um, it's really crippling them. And, and uh, so, yeah, that was one of the big reasons why I started this thing. And, and, and so they could hear some funny stories <laughs> that, uh, that uh, I, I know of with friends of mine and whatnot, but sure. uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's been a tough time for a lot of people. I was going to ask you like, so what have you been up to? Like we're both jobless. So. <laughs> right. And you know what, that, that in itself is, is an uncomfortable situation. Um, yeah. You know, uh, through the, the years, uh, you know, there, there's, there hasn't been much downtime and yeah. now you're looking at it and in a normal situation, you know, you're right in the, the middle of the hockey season in a normal world and right. you should be busy preparing for your next opponent or, you know, maybe you've got a game that particular night. Now we're fortunate that the hockey in the NHL has started up again as of last night. Um, so at least there's something to watch on TV. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, Dusty. Like, I mean, uh, 
my wife, she's great because uh, we've uh, we've been through Netflix, we've been through Crave, <laughs> we've been through it all. And I mean, and you know, if and when we got the, the grandkids here, we go through Disney, but like we're just buzzing through these things, and it's like holy smoke! Like I can watch Game of Thrones and and then turn it and watch it over and over, like it's just crazy. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I think that's just something that you got to do. And for myself. Um, you know, I am, I am back here in, in Ontario and I'm about two and a half hours North of Toronto. So I'm, I'm out of the States. I'm out of California, which is a hotbed and was a bit of a concern yeah. for us before we actually left and came back here because all our family is in and around us. So now we feel a little bit more comfortable being around family. Um, we do get to see, uh, my oldest daughter more so than my youngest daughter. My youngest daughter is down in Hamilton. Uh, which again is, is near Toronto and my oldest daughter is here with her husband and, and the three grandkids. So, I mean, that's given us, uh, uh, you know, some comfort and, and been able to spend some time with them. We're on a lake, which is kind of nice. We're kind of isolated here, Dusty, where we are, even during the summers. Um, it's a smaller lake and there's not that many people that are here uh, year round. There's not that many people that are up here even through the week. It's usually just a weekend thing. So it's been pretty easy to isolate and stay, you know, distant from everybody. Uh, the property is big enough that it's kept me very, very busy with projects or whatever. Um, you know, still like to work out and stuff. But the bottom line is, is I'd like to be employed as I'm sure you are. And that's mm -hmm. where I get back to is it's frustrating. Here we are in January, the pucks dropped as of last night and we're not doing what you and I love to do best, which is, yeah. you know, work with the athletes. And I think, you know, I think both of us would be, um, you know, uh, admit readily that, you know, what the, the, the dealing with the athlete and, and preparing the players and trying to uh, make them better and, and, and help them in any way to achieve their goal, whether it's when we were in the American League together to get to the NHL and get a taste of it. If they're in the NHL, do they stay there? Um, and you know what? It's been good in that regard because you know, a lot of those guys have reached out, um, you know, during the course of the summer and, and these up leading months. Uh, uh, so we've been able to stay in touch again with just uh, mm. some some uh, contact there, but um, you know what? I miss it. Like it's, it's oh, just yeah. a strange feeling. It's, it's, it's not, we are very much uh, hockey is uh, we're creatures of habit and we like to get into that routine. And when that routine goes awry, <laughs> then, you know, it's, it's very unsettling, but I, you know what? I'm not gonna lie to you. Like some days are better than others. So some yeah. days, you know what? I, I, I guess I stay so busy and I look at it and I go, I try to Dusty, I, I, I try my damnedest every day to say, you know what, uh, it, it's, we're in a good spot, um, you know, life's not that bad. There's plenty of people that are experiencing right. far worse situations than we are. So, uh, you know, you just kind of be thankful for what you got and you look forward to someday getting behind the bench again and, and, and doing what you love. The passion is to coach, want to keep doing it. Uh, I hope it comes uh, sooner rather than later. But in our present situation, you know, we don't know what's going to be going forward. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a weird, such a weird situation too to, to be uh, looking for work at, at this time because of the, the way everything's unbalanced. Uh, the, the NHL was off and then it's on now at this time. And then now the European leagues are, are winding down. 
towards the end. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just really, uh, it's an interesting time. It, you know, you can look at it uh, negatively and it can get you down for sure. I, 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 I feel for you and I feel the same as well, but uh, we got to kind of stay positive and, yep. and uh, yeah, there's something, something will, will come up. I'm, I'm sure for you, you know, you, you know what I want to do? Listen, you know who I feel sorry for? What? You mentioned it in the, in my intro. I feel sorry for the guy that was responsible for drafting me in the first round with the Flyers. <laughs> How do you think his career went after that? <laughs> I think if I remember right now, Dusty, that's a long time ago, right? So that was yeah. 1980 when I got drafted. So that was, uh, I was 18 years old, yeah. 1980. And I think the the Ontario League scout back then for the Flyers was Eric Colville. Okay. And he was a real nice man. But I think after that particular draft in Montreal, I think I saw him working at a Tim Hortons drive-thru. Um, <laughs> I, he had to relinquish the Flyers hat, and uh, I think he had to put on a Timmy's uniform because that <laughs> that probably didn't work out as well as they were hoping. <laughs> oh my God! Um, I, what I'll do is I wanted to kind of tell the listeners how you and I know each other. You know, we just jumped right into it and started gabbing. Uh, I'll let you know when I was, uh, when I was um, leaving uh, Winnipeg, Billy Ranford asked me to interview in LA and I, I got the job as the developmental goalie coach uh, for the Kings. And so mainly my job would be to work with American leaguers and, and, and downwards as far as development players. Well, the American league coach, the prior year with the Manchester Monarchs was none other than Mike uh, Stuthers. And uh, the next year, the team was moving to Ontario, California. And that's when I signed and, and, and got hired and met, met Stutz. And, our, <laughs> and I wanted, we ended up working together for four years. Uh, was, it, was it four? It was, huh? Okay. I think it was four years. I think it was four years. And uh, so that four years is worse than anything I'm going through right now, too. <laughs> we have this interesting <laughs> relationship. Now, 85% of our banter and conversation is absolutely senseless and uh, childish. And then every so often we'll have a real good heart to heart. But like, I wish I had, uh, you know, I should have prepared better. I should have some of my our texts back and forth are the most ridiculous, like seriously, when you read them back over time, I would show them to my family, to my wife, and she'd be like, what are you two doing? <laughs> like, I wouldn't hear from you like for two months and, and all of a sudden I'll just hear a ping on my phone and I'll look and it'll be like, fuck you. <laughs> That's it, like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else no high nothing. no and no because <laughs> that's that's all i needed to get off my chest or the or the other one well not too long ago it was like emu emu hello it was over and over separate texts on my phone came oh out. yeah that one i was going like dusty yeah dusty just a dusty oh yeah and i would do it like every 30 seconds and just keep sending it to you uh, and then i think you i think you answered and finally you just said what I could just see it in the, through the text. What? 
And I just said, fuck off. <laughs> exactly. Finally, I, I, so I answer you and that's what I get back. Just ridiculous. But or I said something like checking for assholes or some, I don't know. But it is a unique, it is a unique relationship. And it, it's like, I mean, maybe to nobody else, it's even funny, but we had like, I think like, you don't want to be too serious all the time. It's, yeah. They're very tough business that, that uh, we're in. So you have to find ways to lighten the mood and, you know, like you can banter with the players, but it, it's hard because you've got to have that, that, that line that, you know, the coaches and players and, mm-hmm. you know, you can have a good relationship with them, but you, you can't no longer have the same banter that you had player to player when you were playing. So now right. you've got, um, you know, you've got your staff, which is basically your team. So, right. you know, when you're the, you're, you're in town and, uh, and you came in, I think, uh, would you come in like once or twice a year or something? Because uh, we never saw you. Like, we never saw you on the road. <laughs> I knew this. Like, I, I know that your I schedule was supposed happen. to be, if oh. I had my stuff here, I could show everybody how often that you were online looking for flights. Like, you no sooner landed <laughs> to come and join us for what I thought was going to be a two-week period of work with our goaltenders. And like, I don't know if it's because of me, I look and there you are and you're looking for departing flights <laughs> every time. <laughs> you should be a travel agent right now. Uh, totally <laughs> false. Totally embellished. Just Dusty, dusty. Come on. Now, just picture yourself. <laughs> you're slumped down in the chair. You've got your head resting on the back of the headrest. And then you would hear me coming in and, and you would just roll your eyes and go, Oh, what next? What is he going to say? And then you'd be clicking on a flight like Stutz. I got to get out of here. I got to get back home. You know, the best day of my life, the best day of my life was when they fogged up that glass that, so I couldn't see your face. (laughs) That was in Ontario. Yeah. (laughs) No, you know what the best day was, was the day that I put up that workout uh, area for you around your desk. (laughs) Which the push-up blocks... As your as your chin up bar, and I, I I reconfigured your stationary bike so it would be more comfortable for you to uh, ride. Yeah, I got pictures. I got pictures. I actually I wrote. A lot of, I wrote. I had way trying. too much time on my hands that day. We must have had like a week between games or something because it was like, okay, Dusty. And though, for those of you that that know Dusty, like when he's there, he's he's there. He puts like he works very hard with his goalies and stuff like that, but. Like Dusty doesn't like to put in the long, long days. So, you know, like, you know, he's got to go have lunch with Jack or, or Boots or Cal, right? Am I right or wrong? Like you like to go have lunch. So as soon as Dusty would leave. Well, yeah, it is. But I mean, as soon as you left, I would have to like, okay, I got to do something to this guy's little workspace. So we had some fun with stuff like that. And I mean, uh, you know, we, again, it's, 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 you want to make it fun to be coming to the rink and you've oh, got to have sure. some laughs. And certainly when, you know what, it's, you've lost three or four in a row, like, you know, the walls are closing in and it's like, okay, we got to lighten the mood. And mm. um, you know what, again, and that's kind of what we're going through now. Sometimes the walls seem like you're closing in. Well, you know what, I still try to have some fun, you know, try to make somebody laugh or, you know, read one of our old texts, just, just yeah. to lighten the mood. And I think that's important, but I think that's part of the, relationship you know that our relationship is basically you really like me 
and God. I do not like oh. you at all. Oh my God. See, that's, that's how we work. You that's got that how we way roll. backwards, way backwards. <laughs> you know, I want to bring up a story about a prank and I just want this out there so people know. Um, I think it was, might've been the first year when we, that was the first, the first year that I was with you, our first year in Ontario was the year we went to the conference final, right? Yeah. Okay. So that was the, that was the year. So this is at the, this it's at the end of the season, but it's been the first year that I've been working with Stutz. Well, we're in Cleveland. We're in the conference final. This is serious shit, right? You know, important stuff. Well, I come into my, into the, the coach's uh, locker room, the, uh, to get ready for practice or whatever. And we're playing playoffs. We're in Cleveland and I walk in and, and my shit is in a big massive tape ball uh, stringed with a uh, hockey lace over top of it, somewhere on the roof and just dangling in the middle of the room. Like and I, when I mean massive tape ball, I mean fucking massive. And it's, it took me all day to get it apart. <clears throat> That's just part one. So it took me all day to get that off. And then the next time I come in, um, my whole station the, where, you know, my stall or whatever is gone. So I'm looking for it. And it is uh, my name because the, the trainers would put your name tag above your stall or whatever. It's gone. I find it. Uh, tagged above the shitter the, the toilet all my stuff everything is nicely put right on the on the toilet with my name tag right on in the urinal area and uh and who who do you who do you think uh was the culprit i'm asking you i don't know i have no idea i mean that seems that seems harsh i don't know who would have i don't know who would have done that to you you know Heider has a pretty mean streak in him. Oh, oh, <laughs> zero game. <laughs> Chris Height, zero game. Well, you know what? Like, I don't, I remember the you untaping your clothes, but I, in all seriousness, I don't think I did that one because I would have remembered that. But setting up your, your stall with your name bar or just over top of the urinal and your, your, <laughs> Uh, equipment strategically placed in and around the shitter area. Uh, yeah, I will take full responsibility <laughs> for that. Um, but I think there was a reason for that. I, I think it was because, um, you know, there was one other time that I put the the mascot, uh, his his uh, head above your sitting that was area. Cleveland too. <laughs> yeah. And you raised the middle finger to me and I have that picture and I'm trying like hell to find it right now on my phone. Because Is that what you were doing? Was? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to find it. And then there's also the picture that I was passing around when you fell asleep on the bus and everybody was just howling. That is actually, now, and that was in Cleveland. You had a lot going on in Cleveland. <laughs> that was an awesome picture. Cause uh, Joey Z. Oh yeah. The radio guy yeah. is right behind laughing his ass off. Well, and, and ordinarily, I mean, people do not off on a bus, but the thing was is, and for anybody that cares to listen, <laughs> is like, we just completed practice and the players were on the bus and usually the coaches are the last ones mm -hmm. on the bus. And so then the only thing remaining is to do a head count. 
Well, in the space of time that Dusty got on the bus, got in his seat, we had the head count and he was already sound asleep in the middle of the day. <laughs> so, I mean, I have this, I have this and I, I'll never take it off my phone because when I need a good chuckle, I just go, okay, I got to see Dusty hard at work. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Japanese thing. <laughs> the uh, people on trains over in Japan, like literally you have a two stop, you know, you know, commute, it's literally five minutes. People nod off, boom. For Is that right? That, oh, yeah. They shut their eyes and they're, they're out and then they hear the ding, they get off. And I got... I, <laughs> well, I, so they, they, inevitably, some of them obviously must miss their stop and just keep going. It took me some time. I had to get, I had to get accustomed to it, but I figured, I figured it out. And uh, I became very good at, at just sh shutting and, and getting that quick shut down. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, I got if, some hey, sick hey, pictures. Listen, if you need three minutes to nod off there, I can talk for three minutes. I, I'll, I'll cover your ass for you. Oh, hey, trust me. I know you don't have any problem with that. <laughs> hey, I wanted to, to ask you now, honestly, now I want, I want your honest opinion. When we were, when we were working together and, uh, and uh, I used to have to sometimes, uh, strap on the gear and i want to tell this story and be quiet i want to tell i, <laughs> I want to tell the story okay so this came about i we thought that uh, stutz is a type of guy that would tend to lean towards one goalie a little bit uh if they had the experience like uh like 37 in a row something like that he would play them and they would get a little tired. So I would go in net sometimes and give these guys a break. And uh, I just wanted to, to let people know that he used to purposely, when I would be in there, uh, he would purposely do this drill and he called it sequence shooting. And, and, and when I say this is the dumbest drill ever created for goalies, and I'm not exaggerating, like, he would go on and you'd think it'd be done and then he would switch the formation and it would just keep going and going and then you'd think it'd be done and he'd switch the formation and keep going. This would go on literally till even the goal, regular goalies would be dead. Never mind a 48 year old, I'm 50 now, but a 40 plus year old man that hasn't played in a while and he would do it on purpose and just kind of look over at me and just say like without speaking like you all right and just keep it going and j that's just like was abuse was it not well here's here's the thing okay like it's it's a drill that is designed to get the goalies lots of shots early in practice so that we can move on because anybody that knows the game of hockey knows goalie coaches they slow everything right down to a snail's pace. They've got to stop after each shot, analyze, have the guy flip the mask up, get a squirt of water, check his <laughs> angles, you know, check his skates, make sure he didn't blow an edge, and then we can have another shot. So it could take forever to have a, a practice if you guys were in charge, you goalie coach. So, um, and, and it wasn't just because you were in it. Like, we did this all the time. My thing with goalies is, like, I, 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 I want them 
to work as hard or harder than any other guys on the ice. Like the old days when you and I played Dusty, you know what? Who played net? It was usually uh, the heaviest kid, the slowest kid, <laughs> yeah. or uh, whatever, right? And they just ended up in net. And now I I feel like if, if you're going to be a good goalie or if you're going to have a chance with a good team, you need an athlete. Yeah. And when you're an athlete, you need to be – you know, the reps and get them going. So that is the, the, the purpose of it for the goalies. And, um, you know, I look at it as, and I agree with you, like I, I had, I, I don't know how many games in a row I played boots. I don't know how many games in a row I played Jack yeah. uh, soupy. And I, you know, I, I did the same thing with Cal and I think, you know, it, it paid off for them because they knew what it was like to work. And oh, yeah. those guys were easy. Cause I mean, they just, I mean, they just wanted it. Like they, they would never give up on anything. Um, the only thing as I will say, and I'll get back to it is I saw Cal give up on one, one shot, but I'll get back to that in a second. So the, the times you did go in net dusty, it was, you know, just a continuation of what we were doing. Now, one part of me, you know, I took great pride and pleasure in, in watching you, you know, as you said, you know, you weren't playing regularly and, you know, you claim you go work out. I've never seen it, but I mean, so, you know, you used to say you were in good shape. So I thought, well, he can handle it. But actually the reaction of you was what myself and the other coaches would get a kick out of because you, you never gave up but you could just see the exasperation like, okay, come on, man. Like this can't keep going on, <laughs> but you know what? It was, it was good. And, and you, to your credit, you always gutted it out and you always got through it. And yeah. you know what? It, it became something that even the players look forward to because they, Oh, Dusty's going to net today. Oh, for sure. We're going to do secret <laughs> shooting. And for sure it was going to go for a long time. But to go back to the other part of like the goalies and yeah. how important I think they are to be uh, the guys that set the tone for practice. I really do. Like when you've got a goalie that's dialed in and oh, he's sure. just on fire in practice, it makes the other guys, they're now bearing down. They're trying like hell to score on them, right? And he, and the goalie himself, he's like, there's no way I'm giving up on a puck because that's what happens in a game. Like you've got to look through traffic. You've got guys crowding your crease. You've got to push away. You've got to get reset. You've got to see what's behind you. You got to see what's on the far post and there's so much going on. So I just think that heightens your awareness. But I will say when I said those guys were terrific to work with my, like, I just think the world of boots and, and soupy and, and, and Cal and Cal never gave up on a puck except for when we had Martin Furk. And Ferky just set the record for the hardest slap shot in, in last I year's American that. Hockey League. Yeah, I saw that. And you know what? There was one time that Ferky was coming down and he, he took the big windup. And I just saw Cal straighten up and then actually take one step <laughs> to the side. And I'd never seen that. So, it, it, like, and I, I just went over and I said, Cal, what's going on? He goes, I had to make a career decision, Stutz. If that puck hits me, <laughs> he says, I'm dead. <laughs> I have never, honestly, Dusty, I've seen, and you've seen a lot of guys shoot a puck. Like, there's some guys that can really pound a puck. This Martin Furk, oh, my goodness, can he really? shoot. And it is just frightening how hard it goes. And it is, like, you're always got to be aware as a coach on the ice, you know, because, you know, pucks will hit the goalie. Yeah. There'll be a rebound that goes into the corner or it hit a crossbar. The worst ones are, and you know, being on the ice, is like, you hear the shot, 
you don't see it. You hear it hit pipe and then you're like, oh geez, where's this thing going? And then it'll crash right off the glass behind you. And you're just like, oh my God, there's no (laughs) safe place on the ice. But this guy, Dusty, he can shoot a puck. And I tell you what, it's, it's amazing thing to watch. But if, if you guys for goalies, oh, I don't blame you for not wanting to get hit with this. Can he it's just leave him? Can he have a good snapper too? Or is yeah, it, is it a slapper? Well, he can shoot a puck. He can flat out shoot a puck. But like he is, you know, it's not unfair to say like you know in the NHL you've got Ovechkin and Stamkos with the one timers. Yeah, this guy is he's not at that level. Otherwise, he'd be an NHL regular, obviously. Right. Like there's some other flaws in his game that haven't quite translated to you know, right. the success that those guys have. But if you want to go dot to dot or you, you want to throw something through a seam and this guy is just going to one-time it, unbelievable, unbelievable. And beca- because he he's such a good shooter, he loves to shoot. So it's much the same as, you know, if, if you're a ball player, like if you think back to, uh, who was it? Uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and all those guys. Yeah. They were jacking home runs all the time, right? So what, did, what were they doing before games? Well, they were always in the batting cage. Right. right. They were never in the field taking grounders or anything <laughs> like that. They were just jacking balls over the fence. Right. And, and, and Marty, he just loves to shoot pucks. Like he'll shoot forever before practice, during practice, after practice, he just loves it. And he is working on the rest of his game. Like, I think he's going to have a, a great Do you think uh, he can... season. I think he'll have a great season for the Kings. Um, and, and I think he's going to be, I think they're going to find out just how valuable he is on their power play. Um, he's one of those guys, <laughs> I said to him, I said, Hey, uh, Marty, like you, you want to get any extra minutes on the penalty kill? No, <laughs> he's just flat out, no, no. He says, I, I don't get hit with pucks. He says, I just shoot pucks. <laughs> well, at least he's honest, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you know what, Dusty, to go back to your story, it's like, you know what, you, you came in, you, you always were ready. If, you know, we felt a guy needed a maintenance day or, you know, it's just sometimes, uh, you know, even through call-ups, like we live, you and I lived through what was Crazy. probably the most bizarre situation <laughs> in the world where, you know, your son Jonah is is starting in Ontario right and, and and you're the backup on the bench. <laughs> like we've, we've seen it all in the American Hockey League. That like, was I don't a think messed it, up year. Oh, it was incredible. But Hey, you know what? We got through it. It was, it was something to talk about. And, you know, I think, you know, to your credit and and to Jonah's credit, like you guys welcomed it. Like, it wasn't like, uh, well, you know, I don't know. Like it was like, Hey, you guys need us. Perfect. You know what I mean? And I think that's what you need to do, right? Do whatever you can to help the team. You know, you made a really good point and it kind of morphed into something. We, we did it just to kind of, help something along at that moment, but then it kind of, I really caught on quickly that it was very helpful in, especially in my style of coaching in developing the relationship because I could just going on the ice, the goalies liked it. Uh, They liked to talk and they, that their coach was on and then the players, it helped me, uh, it, it just it was a good vibe all around where people had a good time with it. And when I went over to, to the KHL um, at the, by that point, I, I known how to use it properly, you know, you know, in, in helping the team when they needed it, helping the goalies when they needed it and also developing 
that good vibe and relationship. And it really did help if, 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 a, you know, obviously you don't do it for yourself, but if you use it the right way, you are great with it too. Like you may, that's one of the things I'll say about you and your coaching. Uh, you, on the surface, you have a very uh, old school kind of hard nose kind of, you seem like that at the beginning, but uh, you're as personable as anybody uh, uh, deep down. And you, you really could, you felt those things. You could tell you, you had a good sense for those kinds of things uh, as far as what was working for the team and, and what would help uh, gel the team together. And that was one of those things. I really thought it was cool when we did that through the years together. Oh yeah. And, and you know what, like it's, I think it's important. I think, you know, again, for myself reference wise, I think it's easier to be um, a little more uh, structured uh, right off the bat with your team early and then kind of let, let, let off the reins a little yeah, yeah, bit yeah. As, as you get to know your personnel and as they get to know you as a person. Right. And then they can find out what buttons they can push. Like, the, 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 to me, the best is when, you know, you've got a comfortable situation when even a player like will chirp you, like, like a Brett Sutter, you right. know, or, or, or Biss or whoever, like, I, I didn't care who it was. So long as it was always in a respectful way, like it was funny. Like it was, it was, and I think that's part of it because they have to see you as, you know, like a human, like you have to know that he's like, this guy does have a wife. This guy's got two daughters. This guy's got two dogs. This guy's, this yeah. is what he is. And, and I think over time, you know, they find out that, you know what, like this, uh, he, he cares about his players. He's, he's passionate about his players. He'd do anything for his players. Like, I mean, I always look at it as, you know, it's kind of the way I played. It was like, you know, if I felt somebody on my team was, you know, being taken advantage of with a head or, you know, back when we played again, you know, trying, somebody was trying to intimidate him. Well, it was, you know, I just felt like I had to go help or help protect. And, and I feel that way as a father. I mean, that's just the way it is. So right. I think once they realize that, but to do that, you need to have those moments where, you know what, okay, like, okay, we, again, I reference, we look, we lose three games in a row and they're just coming in and they're like, oh, Stutz is going to bust our balls today and this and that and the other thing. And it's like, nope you know what, you hit him with, no, Dusty's going on the ice. He's going to be the goalie. And so right away, the mood lightens and everybody's having some fun with that. Yeah. Or, you know, when they're expecting the worst, you know, you say, uh, you know, hey, listen, let's just have a, an old young game and, 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 and do that. Where I think, you know, like when you're winning is when you can actually be a little bit tougher on the players. But you always know, like, you know, like we talked about it a lot. Like even when you're winning, you know, we'd sit there in the office after and we, we'd go, it's slipping. Like we can see it as coaches. You know what I mean? We might've squeaked out a win or maybe two on that weekend, but we know like our habits are not good or our structure's not good. We need to dial it in and we need to get that focus back on the upcoming week of practice. So it's something that you experiment with all the time, but I really think that it's important to, you know, have some fun and more importantly that the players see that the coaches or the head coach is not always the hard ass all the time. Like he does have a sense of humor and he can be funny. And, you know, like, I think I tried to express it through video. Like, I mean, you know what, we watched a lot of video, but I always tried to put something in there that would kind of lighten the mood or whatever um, and, and make it easier for them to kind of get through. Um, but I, that's, 
I mean, that's the thing about it. It's a game. Like we play it because we loved it as kids. So you should love it as a teenager. You should love it as an adult. And whether you're in the NHL, the American League or junior, it still should be fun. And I think that's something that we needed to do. And you know what? You were always willing to be a part of, you know, whatever was going on in the coaching staff. If we were going to put you in net or, you know, if I happened to dump a puck in and I scored on you from center ice, which uh, happened, happened a couple of times. No, it did. It's it, seriously, it's happened. Never. Every single goalie I've had, you can check with boots. You can check with soup. You can check with Cal. You can check with all of them. And I know what happened to you. It was right in Ontario. It was at the far end of the rink uh, opposite our home bench. And I lobbed it in from center because I think you were probably gasping for air and you were trying to get a I drink and I, and so I lobbed bad. one in there. And I, you know what? I couldn't score on anybody as a player. <laughs> like you talked earlier about Corey Hirsch. I always made sure he felt good about himself after every game. Cause there was no way in hell I was ever scoring on him. But you guys, as my goalies, I lit you all up. Like it was unbelievable. Listeners, you had to see Stutz's stick. I think he, <laughs> I think he used the same stick the whole time I worked with him. Possibly. Like it literally was a piece of like just a slab of meat. It was awful. And he never taped it. In four years, he just would bang it on the glass, bang it on the ice. And then and then just put it, just patiently lob it right in behind you so you'd have to turn and pick it out of there. Dusty, I'm going to tell you this. Here's a story that when I was playing at Hershey, we had uh, uh, Mark Demore. I don't know if you remember Shaky. I know the, I know the um, name. I don't know him personally. He, but. Yeah, he had a, uh, I think he was... Uh, I think he had some games with Calgary back when Mike Vernon was the, was right. the, was the, the, the number one goalie. And I think shaky was there anyway. Uh, Shaky's a great guy. And uh, we were playing at home in Hershey and uh, uh, I was responsible. Like two, two goals went in off of me. <laughs> like, and it was like, Oh, like, I'm just like, what the hell? So now shaky's pissed right off. So he's, He's like, he's got the mask up and he's just giving it to me. He goes, that's the worst fucking player out here tonight. <laughs> and I go, I'm the worst. I said, I haven't scored all year on an opposing goalie and I've got two on you tonight. And you're telling me I'm the shittiest guy on the ice. I said, I got two on you. Fuck off. <laughs> I lit him up for two. <laughs> Oh, it was great. And then, but then, you know what? It was just like, we both just kind of chuckled and it was like, okay, here we go. Moving on. But you know what? It's just, again, it's, it's, it's not always, you can't always do it, but let's try and lighten the mood. For sure. In Hershey, you did, you had played a number of years in Hershey and uh, the, did you play the, the year, uh, I think I think you might only played part of the season and the rest you were up. But did you play the year they they went twelve and zero and and won the Calder? No, you know what happened that year, Dusty. I started the year with uh, with the Flyers, right? Um, and I was up there at the start of the year, and I actually that's the close. I actually thought I made it because if you remember, like when they had the team photo, like that was the team. Right. So Back I was around long sure. enough. Yeah, 
now they, they kind of changed. They've wait till the end of the year because of guys coming in, going out, it, coaches going in halfway through the season. never accurate, ever, <laughs> ever. No, no. So we had the team photos. So I thought, okay, I, I've got it made. Then one day, uh, Bobby Clark was the GM at the time. He said, Stutz, we're going to send you back down to Hershey. And I was like, oh, man, I was, I was, I was, I was actually the maddest I've probably been at that situation. And he just said, well, listen, Stutz, you know, Mike Keenan was the coach at the time. And he says, you know, Mike, Mike's not going to play. You got to play and, and stuff like that. And I said, okay, I, I said, I get that, Bob. I said, but listen, you know how much I love Hershey. I actually, I had a house in, in Hershey at the time. We bought our first home there and, and, and both my kids were born there. Um, and so it meant the world to me. But I said to him, I said, listen, Clarkie, I said, you know, there's a chance that anybody would give me a shot at the NHL. I just want to know if I can play at the NHL level so as it turns out I went down to Hershey and it was just before Christmas Dusty of that year that I got traded to Toronto so I went to Toronto and Bill Root uh yeah Bill Root came back in exchange for me uh I left and uh the other part of that is Wendell Young and his wife Paula were actually living with Judy and I at the time at our house in because they were searching for a place to live in Hershey so right. they were still, you know, and it was like, okay, we had a four bedroom house at the time, like, go ahead, you know, like, stay as long as you want. Well, it worked out great, because we got traded, we left, we went to Toronto, Wendell just stayed in our house, which was great. And uh, so I go to Toronto, and, and Hershey has a hell of a year, and go on and have this a remarkable playoff run. And uh, because I was in Toronto back in the old Brophy days, like, playoffs were not an option it wasn't a very good and that's not a that's not a, a mark against Brophy because I, I love the man now you talk about old school but I, I love the man but the Toronto team was just not very good so we were already done and uh when I had uh, I had already come back to Hershey so I was actually in and around Hershey when they were just finishing up the latter stages of that playoff run but th yeah they went undefeated won the Calder Cup I think I think the final was against Fredericton. I think they actually won the cup in Fredericton. And uh, it's, it's unbelievable to think that you go undefeated in, in the playoffs and, and kudos to them. And I don't know how many Calder Cups Hershey's won. Um, I mean, they've, they've won a ton, but that was quite a team. And you know what? A lot of those guys uh, I played with prior years. And then I came back after that year, Dusty. That was the weirdest part because oh, no way. after that year, yeah, after that year, uh, when I before I left Toronto, um, uh, Gord Stellick was the GM at the time, and you know he, he had his end of the year meeting. And when I went in, I saw that my name was already penciled into Newmarket, where their American League team was at that particular time. And I was like, okay, like Gord, like am I going to be getting a fair shot here? And he just said, well, he says, well, wait and see. I said, well, listen, if I'm not going to get a fair shot, and I'm going to play in the American Hockey League. I said, you know what? I said. I'd rather go back to Hershey if it's possible. So anyway, he did me a favor. Bobby Clark did me a favor. And they just traded me back to uh, Philly slash Hershey. So I spent half the year in Toronto, which was a, a childhood thrill for me. Like that was my team growing up. As a matter of fact, Dusty, you know what? Uh, don't tell anybody, but I still cheer for the Leafs. Even when we were with LA, <laughs> I'm a Leaf fan. So uh, it was a real thrill for me. So it actually... It served a lot of purposes, Dusty. It actually, it was good for me in the fact that I went to another organization and I realized, okay, like I wasn't, I wasn't an NHL regular. My, my skating wasn't like, 
you know what, at some point it, it, the light bulb went off in my head. I was like, you know what, like I got some heavy feet. It's hard to, and, and when, you know, yourself, you get frustrated trying to compete at that level against those guys and you're going, geez, this is so as disappointed as I was, is that I wasn't going to be playing in the NHL. It kind of made it all make sense in my head. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good American league player, but I'm not fast enough to be. And I was just being honest in my own evaluation, but it gave me that chance to try it with a different organization. I came back to a place I loved, which is Hershey. And, you know, to be honest with you, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If there's anything left on my bucket list, to do at some point, I would love to return to Hershey as a coach and finish out my career there. And, and just because of oh, wow, really? first house and, and the kids were born there and we've got so many friends there and, and so many good memories, Dusty, it was, it's a phenomenal place to play in the American hockey league. And uh, you know what? We had some good teams. Oh, we had some tough teams. Oh man. Did we have some tough guys? <laughs> well, you're, you're affiliated with the flyers. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You're always labeled as the broad street bullies. But one thing about it, we were never going to be outmanned as far as toughness goes. And then we'd sprinkle in just some, you know, enough skill <laughs> with the, the Mitch Lamarus and the Tim Tukies and the Donnie Biggs and stuff like that. But right. man, we had some hammers and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, the good old days where they literally, that was kind of a very much a recipe. Well, they had two. They had the Montreal type recipe and then yeah. they, they had the Philly recipe, you know, and Boston Bruins and whatnot. But it was like, you had always had the good versus evil kind of um, rivalry. I, like I, I was born a raised to not like the Montreal Canadians just because, you know, you just didn't right. like, you know, now I look back and like, man, they were awesome. They were skilled. They had great players, but you either liked one way or you liked the other way. <laughs> it was pretty. So cool. who was it? Who was your team growing up though? Boston. Oh, always Boston. Yeah. Because of like, say Jerry just, Cheevers or just because of the Bruins, the way they played, the way their the uniforms. Cheevers mask uh, was big. The best ever. That's the best ever. mask. That was big for me, but it, it started even before I was aware, you know, I was a little, little shot, like little, little. And I had my, Dad bought a, a Boston jersey for me. Dusty, then, I hate to break it to you, but you're not that much bigger now, but <laughs> <laughs> What are you, 5'3"? I'm jacked. <laughs> <laughs> jacked. <laughs> How would you know? You you work out at 3 in the morning, for crazy sake. No one knows what, like, literally. <laughs> Mental. Mental. Like, what is it with, you know, you and uh, there's a lot of similarities with uh, Steve Casper. He walks right now. I talk to him every other day and he's like, uh, yeah, just walk 15 miles. <laughs> he walks freaking 15 miles at least every okay. day. Does he have a dog? No. And his wife's down in Florida golfing. So he just goes for walks every day. He goes, oh, wow. and I'm like, that's just stupid. And he's like, he he's like, hey, get in the gym or you know, make some stupid comment. And I'm like, this is just like stunts. You know, I, I walk into the rink and you'd already been there a good three hours 
Oh yeah. But you know what, Dusty, I think that's the best thing. Like when they, when we started at the, at the beginning of the year, and if you're talking to whoever's making the, the hotel arrangements, like I always like to get a hotel that's close to the rink if possible. And to me, I gauge that on, is it walking distance? So I've had guys go, well, there's no way you can walk from there. I go, Oh yeah. Watch me. Like I love to walk. And I just think it's awesome if you can go to the rink and that, but here's the thing. And, and, and I think this is why this happened back uh, years ago when uh, I was with the flyers and we would go to New York. I hated the city. Like I hated New York city. It was just, there was too much going on. And then uh, I don't know what, I can't remember what actually precipitated. I don't know if I was trying to find a, a present for my kids for Christmas or something. I walked, I walked New York city. And then we had the, it was either uh, the Olympic break the one year. So we had, I think there was like uh, seven to 10 days off and we, we organized through Barry Hanrahan, who's with the Flyers still to this day. I think he's assistant GM. Uh, we took the train from Philly to New York, my wife and my two daughters. We got a hotel and we went and we, we actually went to uh, Regis and Kelly back when Regis oh, yeah. was, was doing it with, with Kelly. Yeah. Uh, we went to the Rosie O'Donnell show which I wasn't a real fan of the Rosie O'Donnell show, but my wife and kids liked it. And yeah. we went to David Letterman, uh, no which was awesome. Yeah. Went to that show. We went to see Stomp and we went to see Cats. But the, the thing was, Dusty, when, when we weren't at one of those uh, events, we walked the city and we went down to uh, where uh, the World Trade Center yeah. used to be and and through every borough and, and everything. And I'll tell you what, Dusty, so to this day, my kids, they talk about it all the time. My wife talks about it all the time. We had such a good time together. I don't think we ever took a cab once. We just walked everywhere, whether it was the, the Carnegie Deli or whatever it was we were doing up and down Times Square. But, you know, through every, like I said, every district and, and man, you get to know a city. Like you get to know the city it's, and that's what I like about it. That's why when we go on the road, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, like, uh, I guess the only one that, you know, you're not supposed to walk around in and I always did was Stockton. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know if you, if you were on that trip, uh, yeah, I've but been we there. were, we, we, no, well, yeah, maybe once, but not on a regular basis because you, <laughs> did, you didn't do road games. If we were on the bus, you didn't do road games. If we were flying, you were there. But we, we, we stay at that, that one hotel there and they even tell you at the front desk when you check in, hey, like, you know, don't walk around. It's not really safe in and around yeah. here. Well, I didn't think that it could be that bad. And, uh, and uh, so I went for a walk that day. And uh, then as we were leaving town after the game that night, our, our bus driver, you know, he's driving to take us back to, uh, to Ontario and I said hey I, I was walking all the way through here today I said it was a real nice walk and he he just he damn near stopped the bus dust he spins his head around and and he looks at me and goes are you kidding me you can't walk through that area I go well I did he goes you're lucky to be alive and I was like okay so I never did after that so you got to be a little bit careful about where you're mapping out your route but I'll tell you what like as far as getting to know a city or where you're at or you just feeling good about yourself man hey if the sun's out start walking it's awesome awesome 
And yeah, I know you were right. You were right, right into that all every all the time. City, you'd be like, um, so who's coming with me? And obviously, Hyder, I'll walk with you. And I'd be like, no, nah, uh, I'll I'll pass. <laughs> Dusty, you would call an Uber from the home bench to the visitor bench. You are not walking anywhere. Remember all those times in El Segundo, we had the rink right down from, uh, what's the name of that hotel that we always stayed at? You were there for like forever. Residence Inn. The Residence Inn, yeah. And you know what, for the people that don't know, it, it had to be a maximum of three blocks, maximum. But you were just it's, like, can I get a two, ride? Two blocks. <laughs> it's two blocks. And it'd be like, can I get a ride? Can I get a ride? Like you would ask, you would hang around and ask everybody. If you, rather than just walk that distance. Yeah, now you're just making shit up. And then you'd tell us, oh, and then you'd say, oh yeah, we'd say, okay, like we're going to go sit out by the fire pit and have a beer or two. And you go, no, I'm going to go work out and everything. We're like, it's now 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. And you're going, yeah, I'm going to work out. And there was no documentation. Remember that one time we actually went looking for you on the road because you said you were going to work out. And Heider and I went to that hotel and we went to the gym and we sat in there and waited and waited and waited. You never showed up. You're so full of shit. Now you're just making shit up. You used to always, <laughs> you, I used to see you all the time, not just once or twice, all the time. I do my night workout and all of a sudden I look and I could see you peeking around the corner just to make sure I wasn't, I was like, you wanted to catch me all the time that, cause I said I would do the nighttime workouts and you were like, whatever but you would peek in it's like you're you wanted to catch me not working out well i think i think the record speaks for itself we never caught you working out <laughs> so there you go oh what a joke that's a joke <laughs> <laughs> hey um i was gonna ask you i never did ask you at the very beginning uh how how is judy doing She's awesome. Um, she's been a rock like yeah. she always is, um, looking after, you know, pretty much everything. Um, it's been difficult on her too. Um, you know, when we first got back, Dusty, um, that was in March. March 12th was the last time we were at the rink in El Segundo. Uh, we stayed in uh, California for two weeks. Uh, we kind of made sure that the players uh, with the rain got back home. Um, and then, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was very hard to be in California when, you know, everybody was here. Uh, so we were anxious to get home and, and the Kings were good enough to say, Hey, listen, don't, don't go. You got to be with your family during a time like this. So we drove, uh, from, from California back here. Um, and, uh, it was eerie because there wasn't a whole lot of people on the roads at that time. It was kind of like, uh, I don't know. It's just a weird feeling. And we got home and then we had to isolate for two weeks. And so we were home here and we couldn't see our kids. And I hadn't seen my kids since I had left in uh, August. Um, and uh, so the one day, uh, you know, you got to quarantine for 14 days, like I said, and one day my, my, uh, my oldest daughter showed up with her husband and the, and all three of the grandkids. And I have to stipulate at that time, the youngest one, Kena, uh, she was born and so I'd never met her and uh, oh, no. obviously they, they couldn't come into the house so uh, we have a whole we have a wraparound deck uh, from the front all goes around the side and around the back over over the water and, 
And there was this little knock on the window and we looked up and we didn't even know that she was coming. My daughter brought herself and the kids. So that was the first time uh, Judy and I got to see the kids. And it was the oh, first wow. time I got to see my granddaughter. And I tell you what, it was unbelievable. So like we were talking to each other through the window and because the deck wraps around from, from front to back, um, the boys, uh, they're four and six, they would, they would run from one window and around to the other. And then I would run through the house to meet them at the other. We'd bang on the windows. Then we, so we were kind of playing tag and then we got out the, the dry erase markers and we were playing uh, tic-tac-toe on the windows and uh, we were doing everything we could to kind of, you know, embrace the moment and, and because we hadn't seen them in so long. And uh, it was, it was, it was good. It was difficult though, because then they left. And I can tell you, like I bawled like a baby. It was so hard <laughs> after seeing them and wanting to see them so bad and know that they were safe to see them leaving again. So we made it through that two weeks and then we've been pretty much here and, and our bubble is, is, you know, is them. Um, we have made some trips down to Toronto earlier when there, there was a little bit more freedom uh, to check on my parents um, and make sure they're doing okay. They were both in their mid eighties. We made one trip up to Sudbury, which is a five hour drive north of us to see Judy's uh, sister and her dad. Um, he's uh, in his eighties and he's on oxygen. Uh, so he's at a high risk situation. We never went into the house there. We actually just went, drove up, uh, visited outside with him on a nice day and turned around and drove back. But we've just been here. So it's been weird. And, you know, I think a lot of it's been, you know, through Judy's encouragement and, and just saying, Hey, you know what, uh, there's going to be another job for you. Like, you know, and, and she's always positive, you know what yeah. I mean? And I think that's, I think that's a big thing. And now uh, she just got a job because it was oh, like, really? okay, well, yeah, like it, it's, it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, it's been a while since, you know, paychecks come in. So, <laughs> and you don't know how long this is going to keep going on. Plus, you know, it gives her something to do. So she's working for a doctor here in Owen Sound. She just started, I think, like two weeks ago. Um, but it's it's giving her something to do. It's getting her out of the house. It's getting her to actually interact with, you know, her colleagues at work or the patients that come in. There's a lot of rules and stipulations, obviously, with, you know, uh, the requirements mask-wise and, and hygiene-wise and, and distancing and everything else. So, um you know what, again, it's, it's just a matter of everybody's just finding their way to make the best of a tough situation. And uh, she's a very positive person, Dusty. So um, it's been great. I mean, it's, you know, we've been together since 1980. I go back to that year that I was drafted, but we've been together since 1980. That's a lot of years. So if you're going to be quarantined with somebody, there's nobody else I'd rather be quarantined with than her. For sure. She's now, a, I don't know if you were to ask her, I don't know if she would be this on. <laughs> Maybe that's why she went out and got the goddamn job in the first place. She was like, I got to get out of here. I got to go. <laughs> you know what? Maybe she's not even going to a doctor's office. Maybe. I don't know. She just said, yeah, I got a job. <laughs> I see her leave in the morning. I don't know where the hell she's going. See, all those years of, of you being in... Uh working and working all those crazy hours and stuff and then uh then bam every day all day stuts <laughs> she's yeah that would be a lot to take for anybody um so but she seems to enjoy it for some unknown reason <laughs> but I, I mean like you just hit it though right on though dusty like 
for all those years. It's been the long hours and yeah, yeah. now there's, it's, it's, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit difficult and, and I know you want to get back into it. We've talked about that. Um, yeah. You know, and hopefully the opportunity is there for both of us. And you know what, it'd be hilarious if we ever were to hook up in the same organization again. And, oh, for uh, sure. You know, I think that would be good. Now, how's, how's your family doing? How's everybody, have you got kids home or is everybody kind of in and around or where well, is everybody? Both my youngest, uh, Mac and Jonah live downstairs uh, in our house uh, and, and contribute that way. Uh, it's good for them as well. I, with today's economy and, and, and stuff, it's, good for them to, to be able to put away some money because it's tough for the sure. younger generation to get uh, their feet on the ground. So they're, uh, they're, they're both living here downstairs. And then uh, my oldest is, is uh, she, Brittany and the grandkids uh, moved to barrier up North of Kamloops. So they're like oh, a good okay. six hours, six, seven hours away now which kind of sucks and uh but uh they're they're kind of the the bush fam like a hunting family now all of a sudden you would never know that it would have happened in a million years with my daughter but uh, they're up there and then my oldest boy he's living not too too far away from here with his girlfriend he's been gone for for quite some time but everybody's uh i think everybody's doing well um it's a weird time, but you know, like you, you, you nailed it when you said we're just trying to make the best of it. And, uh, and it's tough too, when, when you have fa family and stuff that and friends like you, us, that, uh, when you're able to connect, connect, it's easier to get through these times, but when you, you aren't, it can get pretty hairy. So I appreciate you coming on and it's, it's been pretty cool for sure. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's just what we do. And as far as, you know, what you work together, your friends, your friends for life, as far as I'm concerned, you know what I mean? And, um, you know what, it's, it's turned out to be, uh, as, as I expected it would be like, again, we hadn't spoken <laughs> for quite a while, but then you just pick up. And I mean, I could, I could talk here and tell stories about you <laughs> for the longest time, or we could talk about, like, you know, I got a Christmas card from Boots and his family, which was awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, every once in a while, he reaches out, and I think he's trying to get into coaching. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's just asked for – I talked to him quite a bit because things. of that, right? Yeah, and then, uh, uh, you know, Cal, we were talking back and forth because he got a puppy, and, you know, I, you know, I'm a big dog fan, and I've always had dogs at the rink and, and stuff like that, and – and uh, Soupy, I can now watch on TV with the Leafs, and so it's 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 kind of cool in that regard, you know. Um, you got really I, lucky. You got really well. I did too. But like, as oh, far I as know. head coach is concerned, uh, I I know I'm sure you understand how lucky you were. Like those, that group of goalies that came through, and I don't mean just their talent, but as people. You really hit you. You hit a lottery there with all of them. <laughs> I would agree one hundred percent. But there was also some times where uh, we weren't that deep um, with with goalies, um, and it makes a difference. It really does. I mean, uh, you know, 
you can take whatever coach you want. And you can say he was a great coach. Right. Well, he was a great coach if he had a, a great goalie. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there isn't anybody that's been labeled a great coach if they didn't have a great goalie. Like, you know what I mean? So right. let's not, let's not be mistaken there. That is the most crucial point for any team is to have good solid goaltending. And if you can get it so that the guys are good. And as they said earlier, they're athletes and, and whatnot, but then on top of that, they're like leaders and great people. It's, it's, it's a home run. Like, and, and you know what we had, uh, we had boots first, right. Um, yeah. He had a tough year, the year prior to joining yeah. us in, uh, in St. John's. Um, and uh, it, it was tough. Um, and I think you would know for sure, but you know, we played the snot out of him and, yeah. and, but he was such a good role model for everyone. Um, and then, you know, you think, oh, geez, we're going to lose boots. And, and, and we got soupy <laughs> and you kind of go, holy smokes. Like, there's no way we can have another good dude like this guy. And it's like, he's just like, to me, when I first met soupy, I thought there's no way that like, this guy can't be this nice. Like yeah. he must be a fucking serial killer because <laughs> like nobody's that nice. And it turns out he is that nice. I've never seen a guy dusty in all my life take so much ownership in the net for okay. each and every goal and it didn't matter what happened in front of him it didn't matter how many mistakes were made or what the hell went on he always felt like i could have had that i yeah. should have had that if i had just played this a little bit different and i looked at him sometimes oh soupy you didn't stand a chance on that he goes yeah but he says i'll get the next one and i'm like okay this guy's legit like he was yeah. like if you were a young kid a young defenseman playing and just learning the game, which is, you know, it's, it's really hard and there's going to be some mistakes, but you want to be playing in front of Soupy because he's always going to take the brunt of it. Like it's always, he'll, it'll never be uh, coming back on you as yeah. the defenseman. And then, you know, so now we've got, you know, Boots is an all-star, Soupy is an all-star. And then you're, you're bringing in a guy like Cal and you're like, what the heck? And then Cal is just phenomenal. You know, I'm like, yeah. holy smoke. I mean, he screws you up because he catches wrong. Like, I mean, that <laughs> messes you up a little bit. But, I mean, this guy is legitimately, like, captain material. And I know he was captain at Notre yeah. Dame and for a damn good reason. Like, he is a genuine leader. And, again, another guy that just, you know, what he never deflects. It's like, you know what, and, and, and the work ethic and just such good people. So I know for myself as, as a coach, like I was very fortunate to have those, those three for sure. And I shouldn't even, I should, I should include um, uh, JF Baruby yeah, too. I was, I had I was him in Manchester. Say, you know what? We've spent a lot of time pumping tires of, of, of other guys. We want to, we want to call their cup with, you know, right, with right. JF Baruby. And yep. isn't it interesting now that he's back with the ring uh, and back with I, the king? I saw that on transactions. Yeah. What is and, what? and well, I, you know what? I think everybody wants to be so deep at the position because of what's going on. And you've, I think, are they keeping a third up there? Is that yeah, why? Yeah. Oh, and then, okay. if, and then because of the protocol and everything, like you could need, and and we've seen it. Uh, we've gone through goalies, and all of a sudden, you know, right, like yourself right. and and your son are in the net. So you can never have too many good goalies. But I mean, Rubes was so good for us in Manchester, right. and uh, you know what I mean. So I, I am very grateful for those uh, individuals, and 
those individuals help to make the team. And, uh, but you know what, I also can't say enough about Vinny Laverde. Like, you know, he was our captain in Manchester and then we moved to Ontario and he was a great leader. And, and then, you know, you get Sutter. Okay. You say the name Sutter and you already know that you're you're talking about a hockey family that, that is second to none. And, and Sutts is, is great character and whatnot. We were always surrounded with, um, you know, some real good support cast and I'm going to leave guys off and I don't mean to, but even, you know, as crazy as it seems, and I know we talked about it and you're going to have uh, Biss on, like Biss was instrumental to us. Uh, when I was in junior coaching here in Owen Sound, we acquired Biss uh, via trade uh, and picked him up from Saginaw. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize at the time what an impact this guy was going to make on our team just because of his character and just, he's just unique and he just brings everybody together and he regales you with laughter and everything else. But you know what, we had just played these guys, Dusty, it's in our ring. So we played Saginaw and, and, and uh, I come out of the coach's office and, and I see this guy standing in, in the middle of our locker room talking to all our, our players. And I'm like, this guy's got the, the Saginaw gear uh, socks and pants he's got no shirt because it's Biss. like there's there's not a shirt to be found on if if he has a chance to be naked he's (laughs) naked all the time but he's and he's covered in tats like he's got tattoos everywhere and i'm thinking is this the is this the main character from sons of anarchy or what the hell is going on here so i go what are you doing he goes i'm gonna be playing for you and i said the fuck you are i said i don't even know who you are he goes i'm paul bissonette and he says you guys are going to be trading for me and sure as shit the next i think the next day or two days later he was playing for us and it was like oh my god this guy is a fucking beauty and <laughs> had him there and then you know what we we fast track over a few years we're in manchester and he's playing in portland and because of the location we played portland quite a bit he's on portland on a 25 game trial so, and I know you've been there, but in order for, uh, like at the end of periods, the coaches had to walk across the rink uh, and, and go directly from the players' benches through the opposing side uh, penalty boxes. Yeah. And the players would exit behind the nets. Well, Biss, I'm walking across after the game. Biss comes up to me and we're, I'm on the ice. His, uh, we had won, our guys are, you know, kind of congratulating each other. And he's going, Stutz, he says, my 25 game trial is almost over. He says, you got to get me. He says, I want to come play for you in Ontario. And I'm just like, what, what, what? And in typical Biss fashion, everything's happening at hundred miles an hour. And I'm like, what the fuck? And his coach is right there. Like, you know, and I'm like, okay, Biss, like, okay, can we talk about this? And he goes, no, you got to make sure you get a hold of Futes and everything else. He says, I want to come play for it. So anyway, uh, Mike Futa was, was the GM here in Owen Sound. And then he was uh, assistant GM in the Kings. And the next thing I know, uh, Biss is coming in to play for us. And, uh, and it's, it's hilarious because Dean Lombardi is like, is just adamant that this guy is not going to play in Manchester. And he's reading me and Fuchs the riot act about, you know, this guy's on social media and this guy's this, and this guy's that. And he says, we don't, I don't want to hear one thing about anything going on social media and everything else. I don't want everybody knowing our business and everything. It's up to you Stutz, to make sure he stays in control and everything else. And I'm like, yeah, Dean, yeah, Dean, yeah, Dean. Well, we were in Manchester, like I say, so periodically Dean would come down and he'd spend um, a week, uh, a week that seemed like a month 
yeah. with with the with the team and he <laughs> he that, so now here's the guy dusty he says he says he doesn't even want this guy he comes in after one practice and he goes my god he goes this guy he's the best thing that's ever happened to this team because he was out in the dressing room area or the locker room yeah, area, yeah. just listening to Biss after practice tell stories or uh, tell jokes or make fun of himself as a hockey player. And he realized that now these guys were now hanging around the rink longer. They weren't just looking to get out of there and go home and have lunch and come back the next day. They were hanging around to the point that I had the one equipment guy. Uh, he came to me and goes, Stats, you got to, you got to tell Biss to get out of here. Like he's got to shower and get out of here. Cause we got to do the laundry. We got to get home. And I, and I just flat out said to him, I said, you'll be here until Biss leaves. When he leaves, then do your work. And then when you get it done, go home. But I said, we're not asking Biss to leave because it brought us together, Dusty. Oh, like yeah. our guys had never spent so much time together and, and did fun, did so many fun things together at the rink, uh, away from the rink. And it was basically at the, uh, at the mocking of Biss. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. he's very self uh, What's that word? Uh, you know, like he's not afraid to make fun of himself. Right. right, right. And it's like, and it, it's infectious. So it, he even rubbed off on Dean and Dean would come in and, and we'd have a game on a, on a Friday night or a Saturday night or whatever. And who's he's giving the, 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 the team cards so that the guys could go out and have a meal together after the game. And who's he calling in this? He's saying this here, you know, take the guys out on the, on the, on the team and, and, and have a meal and, and have a good, good time together as guys. You know what I mean? That's, that's the impression that Biss made with Dean Lombardi, who I didn't think was ever going to come over to the Bissonette uh, side. Mm -hmm. And he, he's just has that quality about him. And I mean, there's so many stories about Biss that I could, I could tell. And, and, and I love the guy he's, we have been, uh, through thick and thin together. And uh, you know what? We've, we've got some great stories together and he reaches out to me. I reach out to him and he has done unbelievably well for himself for a guy that was, you know, pretty well, first of all, he doesn't have an extended education. Like I'm not even sure he might have high school, but there's no degree. There's no college, there's right. no university or whatever. And he made a career out of being, a role player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't a regular, he was in and out of the lineup when he played, he played two, three shifts or whatever, but, and to now where he's at, you just look at him and you go, you know what? This guy is a lot smarter than he lets on, or he's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. Right. Like this guy's a street smart guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, for and, sure. but he never, ever, ever, ever uh, put it, uh, himself above the team like he was like okay you know, this you're not going to play tonight okay stuts so he'd be the he'd be in there before the game he'd be there in between periods cheering his teammates on he'd be in there after the game and you know what if he did play and you know what i'm thinking about one game in, in san diego or excuse me we were playing san diego and you know the rivalries we used to have with them and oh, they had some tough guys they had that big brian mcgratton yeah and uh, biss had just gotten back from a friggin' injury a, a knee injury i think it was and it was his first game back and it's, it's like okay like biss like you know if you get three minutes total in a game that's that's your max but he was okay with it. so anyway he's sitting there and and mcgratton ran over one of our guys well the next thing i know like he Biss has turned around. He's actually pulling on my sport coat, 
going, Stats, Stats, Stats. And I'm like, best that. And he goes, no, no, Stats. He says, just put me up. Just put me up. Stats, get me on the ice. Get me on the ice. And I'm like, Bish, you just got back from me. I don't care. He says, he can't do that. He says, put me out there. Put me up. Sure enough, he goes out and takes on Brian McGrath. And I mean, that guy's a beast, you know? Yeah. And that guy had been playing all game and everything else. And, and that's the type of stuff that Bis would do for his teammates. Yeah. And everybody knew it. And you know what? God, I mean, I love him like a son. Like He's just unbelievable. And he's that valuable. And we do not have that type of character anymore in the game. Like we've gotten too it's just, stoic. Everything is just uh, too vanilla ice cream. And you don't want to have that guy that's controversial. Like, I mean, uh, Dusty, like how many times like, like the referee or the linesman would just like at a stoppage, just come over and go stats, tell him to shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause he's just talking all the time. And I'm like, how do you tell a guy to shut up? He's just sitting on the bench, but you know, he, he's chirping yeah. other guys. He's chirping his own teammates. He's chirping himself. And I'm like, you can't stifle that personality. Yeah. You got to let that thing out. And it's awesome when he's, he's on his game and everything else. And I mean, I know like he'll, he'll have stories and he'll have you laughing your ass off, but he's just, he's more than that dusty. Like he's more than the, just that. Like I know Biss, and that's a guy that cares a lot about a lot of things. Yeah. Not just hockey, but life in general and people. And that's a guy that's a lot sharper than he's ever been given credit for. That's a smart businessman right there. Yeah. No, I, Hey, I agree. I agree. And it's, uh, but he comes across as, uh, uh, as I don't want to say simple, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, yeah. Make no mistake. He, he's no dummy. No, no. no. And, and I mean, he's, he's played it right up, but I mean, yeah. like you think about, you, you think about a guy and, and I think the word simple is great because we had a, we had a practice in, uh, in Manchester and God bless this. Like he's just wound right up even for practice. Like he's just so high energy and he wants to lead every drill and he fucks up every drill. So you can't have Biss lead the drills. But the guys knew that with Biss leading the drills, it would always get, get me going. So whenever we were doing a drill, they'd be pushing Biss to the front of the line. Well, Biss is like, okay, yeah, I, I can do this one. He goes, huh. and everybody's like, Biss, you know what you're doing? Oh, yeah, 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 I know it. So as soon as he blow the whistle, off he goes, and he fucks it up. And he's all over the map, and guys just start laughing. So anyway, we had this one practice, and we were doing uh, – I think a regroup or something. So he had to go down and he had to come back and then he had to, finish. well, he was, he was like one of those, uh, those minor hockey kids that uh, you can't keep up with the play. So the puck was going one way. He was going <laughs> the opposite way. Then the puck would start coming back. He was still coming this way. So finally I just blew the whistle down and I just, I gave him one of these. I said, this come here. And he comes away. Yeah. 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 Yes. That's what, what, what's up. I go, go sit in the penalty box. He goes, what? I go, yeah, go sit in the penalty box. I said, you need a timeout right now. He goes, what? I go, this is what happens to kids when they fuck up. I said, you got to sit in the penalty box and take a timeout. So he goes into the penalty box. I start the drill up again. The guys are just going through up and down the ice and they're fucking laughing their ass off. And, and Biss, he's just like this. 
The play goes this way. And then he's like this. And then he's banging on the glass. Good play, guys. Good pass. Good good job. Good. And his head's going back and forth. And I'm just watching this. And then he's like, Stutz, can I come out now? And I go, no, no. And he'd go, okay. And he'd be like this. And I was just watching this guy. And the boys were just howling. So I gave Biss a timeout. And it was like, the, I don't know if they'd ever seen that in the game of hockey. But it was just unbelievable. <laughs> but you can only do shit like that with Biss, right? Because, yeah. I mean, he, he would never, ever take offense to it. But it was a good moment, as we talked about earlier, for just to kind of lighten the mood of practice. And yeah. again, Biss is not afraid to be the guy that the joke can be on at, at his expense. Yeah. And not everybody can do that, right? right. But he's made a great career of it. And uh, man, oh man, he was so, so, so big on our team. And we were very talented. And he was just the last piece of the puzzle that kind of put everything together and really drew us together as a team and it was awesome awesome yeah you can't put a price tag on on, on that uh as far as bringing bringing a, a team together like that that type of person on a team it's tough to find too you name you you made a good point in today's game it's uh today's generation of uh, kids yeah. coming up it's tougher to find and i'm not trying to say kids nowadays are you know they're bad people but it's just tougher to find because the upbringing on the athlete today is much different and is constantly changing to very business-like very skilled uh and work on your skill become good at being being a good hockey player but and the personality in the person is being shut down a little bit like they don't want that. Like you said, it's tougher to find coaches that want that, uh, that want that player uh, that maybe, you know, like you said, might be on some social media or this or that, or have a personality because they're tougher to yeah. control sometimes, but it's definitely integral part. I, I believe anyways, for sure. Well, it, it, and there was times that this, because of ex, have this exuberance, he would frustrate me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he had that way of, you know, like he could, you couldn't stay mad at him. Right. He would always say or do something that you would eventually laugh at, you know, but I think what you just said about uh, today's athlete and you know what, we're evolving and you know what, it's, it's very, uh, the game's change. It's all about speed and it's all about skill. And I quite frankly, uh, I like that when yeah. I'm watching as a fan, I not maybe so much as enamored if I'm a coach and you're looking for a little bit more structure, right? Right, right. And, and the details in the game. But if you're just looking at it from the excitement standpoint, you know, it's, it's enjoyable to watch that. Uh, but I think part of the thing that you and I have uh, tried to do in the American Hockey League as coaches is, is to uh, guide these guys to be uh, uh, learn how to be a, a pro learn to be a, a good teammate. Like a lot of the times these guys come out of junior or college and, you know, quite frankly, they've been the guy, like yeah. they've been the man, they've had the most points or, right. or whatever. Right. So then they come in. So I'm going to use the example and Dusty, again, I, you might've been on this trip. It was in Tucson and we played Friday night and Saturday night. And because they're in our division, those are important games, right? So we had the Friday night and we had a lead and we ended up losing the lead and, and uh, we ended up going into overtime and they won. 
So instead of us having the two points, them having zero, which is what you want when you're both in the same division, right. you know, they get two points that they should have never got. Right. And we only got one and we're on the road. So it would have been a good time to, you know, and you know, you're playing the next day. So the next, the next day is Saturday. And, you know, uh, we had the video and I, I was talking to the guys and, and I was talking about the importance of every game and where we are in the standings. And, you know, you should know, you know, who we're playing, where we are in the standings, what our record is and what theirs is. So I threw it out there and, you know, I think was, I remember this. Yeah. And I, I asked certain individuals because I mean, you, you know, I could have asked Brett Sutter and he would have known for sure, like for sure. Like he'd know, all the details, yeah. right? Because that's just the way it is. So now you're working on the younger guys. So you ask the younger guys and, and uh, you know, they're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and, and, and they're, and they're, you know, fumbling and, and stammering around. And, and, you, and I, I just said, okay. So the one individual, and I won't say his name, I says, okay, what's our record? And he had no idea. I said, okay, how many, how many points do you have? And how many goals and assists do you have? I do. And he was like, actually. he was like, I don't know. I, I got four goals and I got five assists. I got nine points. I said, so, you know, your point total, but you don't know what our team's point total is. You don't know the importance of us as a collective group, as a team to succeed. You know what you have, but you don't know what everybody else has. And I think, you know, that's what we've got to keep working on with, this particular group that's coming in, everything is very tunnel oh, yeah. vision with their skills coaches. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, the agents are very, they're, they drive the bus. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's all about uh, stats and, and everything. And that's, and Hey, you know what? I, I get it. Like the money, the guys that sign the big box are not the guys that are, you know, uh, on the fourth line and, yeah. On a, on a checking assignment and blocking shots on the penalty kill. They're the guys that are filling the net and making plays. And there's a big disparity between, you know, that income. So I don't blame them for wanting to, but it can't be at the expense of we're putting that individual's um, uh, needs ahead of the team. And I think that's part of what we did as, as what we tried to do in the American Hockey League is just make them aware of the fact that we can have these good times. Like part of that is, like when you win a color cup, you know, and you see the sacrifices that guys made, maybe they're, you know, they played all year and then the playoffs, they didn't play as much or they didn't play at all, but they, you know what, they kept a good attitude or, you know what, they were accustomed in junior or college to being like uh, the first power play unit or in the top six. Now they're on the third line and, and, you know, they're not getting the power play minutes they were looking for before, but they're okay because you know what, I'll do whatever it takes to, to commit to what we needed. And I think, um, you know, like uh, at that time, like Nick Dowd was great. Like he was considered our third center and he was fine in that position. You know what I mean? We had uh, Nick Shore and, and Jordan Wheel and then uh, Andrew Crescenzi was kind of like our fourth line center. But like you had to have those guys that were willing to uh, take on the role that was necessary for the team to succeed, not necessarily you as individuals. And I think that's something that, you know, in team sports, you know, we need to keep focusing on. It's, it's no different than your family. Like everybody has to have some responsibility in your family. It can't just be mom does everything. 
dad yeah. does everything, right? You have to, and then at, at, as you said, at, at a certain point, you get to an age where you got to start contributing to the family. You just can't be along for the ride, yeah. you know? Oh, and I, sure. I just worry about that a little bit, Dusty, for uh, the, the, the direction that it could possibly go because everybody's just, that carrot that's dangled out there is much like the Powerball and the mega millions that are out there right now. One's at 750 million and the other one's at 650 million or something. Everybody's looking for that top dollar. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's a, it's a team game. If you want it to me, if you're an athlete, then play golf, play yeah. tennis. It's an individual sport, you know? Yeah. And I, I just look at it like that, but I think it's important that, you know, everybody knows what's happening for the whole group. And uh, that was the kind of the message I was trying to get across to those young guys at that time is like, okay, it's great that you know how many points you have, but you don't even know how many points we have or our opposition and what, you know, this is going to, how this is going to shake out for a playoff spot. Well, it's definitely a topic that is important, I think, for, for coaches and the direction and how you go about teaching uh, and mentoring these, the younger group that is coming up now. It's a, it's a, it's a touchy subject too, because uh, um, a lot of people, there's a gap between understanding that generate the younger kids and you got to find that way to get through to them and communicate to them that uh, that team mentality and that selfless mentality is important because, well, why is it important? That doesn't make me rich or that doesn't you know give me the contract or but if you can somehow learn to teach them and show them why where the value is in it you know i i was fortunate with so many of the guys that i worked with that had that selfless attitude already so that part was easy but there's a few you know the younger ones like i when i would go visit uh uh maddie Falalta in the sioux uh, he was just a young kid, got drafted. You could, great kid. You could, but you could just see there's little differences. The younger they be, you know, the younger they are. Um, I I just uh, told him. I said, just be careful when things start to become like things are coming to you and the positive flow is happening. You're getting the contracts, you're getting, you know, you're moving up and, and you're getting the cars and this and that, that you stay true and humble uh, and don't ch change. Cause I could see that possibility. I'm not saying he was already like that, like arrogant or, or that stardom and anything could change him, but I was a little more worried that it could affect him than it would say a Buddha because of his upbringing the differences and i t when i left la and i told um, matt miller uh i just told him i said just stay on that with him not because i love maddie uh Volalta, he's a great kid but i just you can see the difference in the upbringings that you got to be very cautious of uh because i thought that was important to 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 show him uh that humility and selflessness was important as important to being a you know popular and a great goalie and and making money i thought i i thought it was important that matt miller showed him that i i don't know if you you agree with what i was just saying there but that's kind of how i feel well you know what i uh i i love matty Valalto. Mm -hmm. i thought i thought he was 
what a kid to come in every day, biggest smile on his face, yeah, looking like he was just loving life. Now, it could have been part of the fact that, okay, we're in LA and you're coming in in shorts and it's sunny every day and yeah. now he's in his first year pro. So that's pretty exciting for a guy, right? But you could just see that he, and he really, uh, maybe he took your words to heart, Dusty. Uh, when he found out early, as we talked about the practices, it was like, he couldn't make it through. Like yeah. he, 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 <laughs> he tried like a son of a gun. Trust me, he tried, he didn't give up on it. But by the end of it, he was just hanging on. Like he had no idea. And he found out uh, real early what it's like to be a pro. But he also had Cal, who was Huge. a real good role model for him, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's what you and I are in agreement with. Whether it's uh, your coaching staff or your older guys, you know, they, they're so important of being that good role model for them and setting the right example. And, and maybe even, you know, explaining to them, Hey, listen, I came out of college with great numbers or I came out of junior and this is a whole different world, but like, yeah. you're not just going to get by on, you know, this or, or whatever. And you're going to realize that, especially as a goalie, you need your teammates, Yeah, you know, like, and, and, and I think, you know, as good as those guys were that we've mentioned, the guys in front of them love playing in front of Boots, Soupy, Rubes, uh, Cal, and 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 Maddie because they're good people. Yeah. And I think you know what I think that's a good part of it. So I think those those older guys or the more veteran guys that have been around that maybe had that little arrogance or cockiness to them when they came in as a rookie kind of went, mm, hey, bud. I tried that. It, it doesn't work that way. Right. And uh, you know what? Maddie Valalta was a pleasure. It was oh, good. an absolute pleasure to have. I love Maddie. And um, you know what, Dusty? He uh, he sent me the, the nicest text after I found out I wasn't going back to the rain. And, uh, and it was the longest text I might have ever received and read. And I even texted him back and I said, okay. I had to stop and have a nap and resume and pick up the second half of this text the next day. <laughs> I said, cause I have never had one, but it was so genuine and so heartfelt. Like he's just a good person. Like he is a good person. And I think that's going to help him and his career. I think uh, it's important as an organization that you draft some good character people that's and great. make sure you kind of weed out um, the red flags that you see, you know, in junior or in college um because chances are you can say wow we can get to him eh, it doesn't usually work that way right it it's doesn't tough. it usually becomes more work more of a challenge and then you're going how do we get rid of this like and, and that that's a hard thing and you don't want that around your yeah. team either and uh so i just think it's important to be good people and maybe you uh maybe your little message to him was a chance for him to reflect that summer getting ready for this his first yeah. pro uh season right and uh you know and again i think again I'll, i give a lot of credit to those guys i think cal was instrumental in yeah. helping out well it's a great formula to have if you can have someone that is uh willing as to to kind of hand the ball off and and mentor the next generation coming up it's a great uh formula to have if you can manage to keep doing that and have the guy that was 
had been there, done that, show that to the next kid coming in. Uh, we were fortunate that way we had some really good, because, uh, you know, not every every guy, every goalie is willing <laughs> to help the other guy. Oh, sure. And sure. Uh, I was always big on what the one year when we had that challenge we to have Soupy and Cal at the same time. I was like, okay, we're I gotta make this into let's embrace this and be be great goalie partners and, and supporters of each other equally. Because it was it was a different situation than that we'd had in the past. And uh, I realized the it really brought out the forefront to me the value of being a good goalie partner and what it can do to each other's careers as well, not only as people, but to help each other along, even though you're not playing every game. Uh, because the other, every game scenario is easy as far as that goalie playing all the time. They're just going to get better, and it's great. And it's a one way to do it. But then there's this other way, and we... I really became uh, a big fan of it uh, as far as when we had Soupy and Cal together, two equally great goalies. Uh, but you got to try to balance this differently. So I really brought to the forefront that being supporters of each other, and they were unbelievable at, at it. And it just, you could see it. And it was a great feeling that you had two goalies that genuinely liked each other and pushed each other and were cheering each other on even when they were on the bench. I thought it was so cool. So cool. It, and it was legit that they were cheering each other on. Yeah. And then if, you know, and when you have a, a timeout or whatever, or, you know, they're scraping the ice at those timeouts and they always would go to each other. And even if one was struggling, like the other guy was always, you know, yeah had his back was always rallying for him, you know, and, and it was good, but I'll tell you, Dusty, that was, that was a very uncomfortable start to that season because I was worried about how that was going to play out with uh, Soupy and Cal, because I knew, um, you know, uh, Soupy had made such huge strides, had yeah. himself a phenomenal year after what was a tough situation in the Dallas organization. Right. Um, and he just seemed to be in such a good place mentally. His game, he seemed like he'd never been better. He seemed like he was enjoying the game. His play was outstanding, and he seemed to be the goalie that everybody thought he was going to be, but you go into that, and he's been an all-star, like I said, and everything else, but now they're bringing in this new guy, and you know as the coach that they kind of want the new guy to be the guy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And that's just the way it is. Like, you know, it's kind of like, well, this is our long-term guy. So now you're like, okay, well, I get it. But <laughs> this other guy has played his ass off for us and he's pretty goddamn good, you know? And you can't just throw him now out with the bathwater because you want this other guy to be the guy. And Quite frankly, we didn't know Cal from a hole in the ground. Like, I mean, you know, right. you might, you probably saw him play. Right. I never saw him play. And I didn't realize he was going to be as good as he is. I didn't realize he was going to be as good a person. But at the start of the year, I was like, oh boy, how are we going to make this work without losing 
or losing what we, we gained with Supi or having what you were talking about, a, a possible wedge between the two, right. the older guy, the younger guy, you know, right. one's in net, the other one, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, well, but it worked itself out and it, it went, it went well for both of them. And it, it, as thing, most things do, uh, there's always a resolution to it. And, but again, it takes the certain individuals. If, if you had either one of those guys that was the least bit um, arrogant or self-centered, it would have been a real disaster, I think, because it, I mean, there's six D there's 12 forwards, but there's, there's one goalie. Like, there's only yeah. one net, you know what I mean? So it's like, and, and the competitive side of me is, yeah, you want to be that guy. You want to be in the net. Right. So it, it could have went awkward yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, your work with them and, 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 and keeping in contact with them, uh, keeping them grounded. I'd like to think that, uh, you know, what they knew what they were getting with me and I was fair with them and just stopped the puck. Like that's, you know, I don't care how I just stopped the puck, but they were instrumental in making it work. You, and again, it's just, uh, that's, that, that made it a little bit easier to what could have been a, a real tough start. Oh, for sure. Huge, huge uh, opportunity for it to go sideways. <laughs> in a hurry, yeah. like in a hurry. Like right. I think, I think we started that year. Did we not start in Iowa? Which is uh, Cal's, Cal's close, as close as Cal was going to be to a home game. Yeah. So, you know, your natural inclination. And, and for me as a coach, I'm like, if, if a guy can play – in his hometown or, you know, we've got to get him in the lineup. Like, you know, even if he's one of those guys that's in and out, in and out, like he's got to play in front of family and friends if possible. But I mean, it could have been mandated that, you know, here you are playing game one and it has to be Cal. Well, you know, you're looking at it and you go, well, what's Soupy thinking? Like the year he had, and he's not going to play the first game knowing full well that you're, you're playing the following night, or maybe we had a day off in between. I don't remember. And it's just like, okay, like the easy decision. It's just, okay, it's first game of the year. It's in Iowa. It's in Cal's hometown, but he'll play the next one. Right. You know, we were there for a back-to-back set. So play Soupy, play Cal. You're both happy. The team's happy. And you've averted or diverted what could be a potential wedge or yeah. dysfunction that earlier in your season. Yeah, it could have went sideways for sure. Yeah. But, but I remember I sat down with them both uh, early and it was easier for Cal because he's, he's the one coming in. You know I mean? I was a little more concerned, especially with Soupy's uh, personality that, that it, it would uh, um, be tough for him. Uh, and I said, the, the bottom line is you, 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 all the body of work that you've accomplished in this in this time is you don't just throw that out. I said, you can create whether you play 35 games or 65 games, that 35 game body of work is going to be awesome. And you two, I think if you guys can just kind of get on board with each other and support each other, it'll just elevate you both. And 35 games of elevated play is just as valuable as 65 games uh, is especially if you manage to 
you'll have great rest. You'll have just, it'll just be a good vibe and, and just jump on this train. And they both did it really well. Like not really well. They, they turned it into, it made me a believer too, that I could replicate that, you know, because of how they, they were able to do it. And I did it when I left LA in, in the, in the KHL. I had Jeremy Smith, who you probably remember. Yep. And uh, we actually, we, we, at one point we were looking to acquire him and we both, I, I mean, I really liked yeah, him. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I thought, I thought he was a real good goalie. Yeah. And we, we, we had Jeremy Smith who signed the, the bigger deal and then they signed a, the Czech goalie on a smaller deal, uh, you know, as to be his backup. Well, we get in camp and I'm like, okay, this guy's legit. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I foresaw right away that they both should play. And I said, I'm going to use this model that that's you had and, and we did it in, uh, in Ontario and try to promote that. And we split them down the middle all year. And that could have went Harry first, Smitty, because he's the one who got the bigger sure. ticket, went over to Europe and, you know, I'm supposed to be the guy. And he embraced it, though. And he ended up having an unreal season. And so did Hrubek, the Czech goalie, had an unreal season. And they were like the highlight. They were like, wow, this this team uh, is carried by these two goalies. And they, but it was big on their part because they managed to embrace being supporters of one another. And with the kind of how the how it can be kind of crazy over there, they also leaned on each other. And it was uh, really cool to watch. And it all started with when you, you had those two guys in Ontario. Well, I, you know what? We, uh, when you talk like this, you just realize how lucky you were to have the people that you had. You oh, know, for, like, for sure. And for sure. We're, we're, there's so many other players that we should be talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know, or instrumental or even the staff, you know, like the, the assistant coaches and, and the trainers and everything else. Like, you know, I mean, Good group. the whole organization itself, you know, gave us every opportunity to succeed. Oh, and sure. I, I don't think you can ask for anything more. Right. And, and uh, the quality people that we were fortunate enough to be surrounded by. And I think that again, you know, like it's, you got to have a good goalie to be a go good coach and you got to have a good supporting staff as assistant coaches um, helping you out. And again, much the same as we talked about with the goalies, it's, they want to see everybody succeed, not just, you know, they're looking for when they're going to become a head coach or whatever. It's like, listen, there's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot of effort. There's a lot of time and the hours are long, but the yeah. result is worth it. There right? were a lot of good people in that organization. And I know everybody thought I left LA because I wanted to get away from Stutz, but the truth is I, I left for the money. <laughs> oh, show me the money. Show me the money, Emu. Well, you know what, Dusty? I mean, uh, we, we did talk about that, uh, that length, you and I, and it was a real difficult decision oh, for you. Very like, Probably even harder than you let on to me because – uh, you know, we did enjoy working together. We yeah. did have some great relationships. We were with a terrific organization and everything else. But, you know, as we talked about, you know, 
at some point you got to do what's best for you and your family. And, you know, you know, I remember those talks. I remember there is an age limit, even to coaching. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can say, well, you can only play for so long. Well, you know, everybody wants to get younger with coaches and stuff like that, which is kind of scary. Um, But, and I mean, so you had an opportunity where they're presenting you with uh, this and you're looking at it going, Holy smokes. Like, I don't know realistically if I can turn this down, like I'm not going to, you know, make that kind of money or whatever, you know, the, the bonuses, whatever it was for you. And, and sometimes you say, well, that was, you know, maybe, you know, maybe somebody from the outside, well, that was a selfish decision. Like, why would he do that? (laughs) Well, you know what? He, he, he goes home and he talks to Rhonda and he talks to his kids and he says, Hey, you know, how do we, how do we pass this up? Yeah. Like, even if I got to go over there by myself and you guys are going to have to stay behind, like, we're never going to get this opportunity again. Yeah, it was. So you made, you made the decision and you live with it. And, and I think it turned out well for you. And yeah. if nothing else, Dusty, it gave you a different perspective on, on the game and how it's played in a, in a different country and with, you know, different players and in different leagues than anything you'd ever experienced before. So it's only going to make it's only going to make you better as a coach. Yeah, I, I don't regret it at all. I, I I met some great people, and I I did love seeing, uh, living and 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 working, in uh, in the Russian league. It was is pretty cool. Um, every we do look back now though because of you know how things have transpired that now I'm not. I'm not going back. And now the NHL has kind of has been all twisted and turned around. Uh, and now I'm, I'm without a job now. So you're like, well, if I just stayed in LA and, you know, and, and wrote it out or, or and maybe Billy retires or, you know, all, all these diff ifs, ifs. Um, no, I, I, I choose to move forward and, and, uh, and take on the challenges. And, and I do remember the, the phone calls with you, I, and and Billy and both said the same things to me in the sense that you know at the end of the day you know I did everything I uh, I was 100% loyal to the Kings and, and and did everything I could for the Kings and and was moving uh, doing my job with 100% of my capabilities and loved it but at the end of the day when you're presented with that type of an opportunity, you know, you just have to look at more than just, it wasn't selfish when you mentioned, you know, some people from the outside might think that it was, that wasn't about me. It was more about the family and, and, and how that could help us uh, financially. Obviously it was a big deal. I knew the decision had, I, even before calling you, I knew I had to make it, but it was just very hard for me because I did enjoy the LA and the people I'd met and we built a foundation there and I didn't want to leave that. No. And you know what, sometimes, you know, you, you know, the decision you have to make, but it's sometimes nice to just be reassured um, yeah, that, that was, everybody, that, the, the, yeah. the people you're dealing with are looking at it from the same perspective you are yeah and and not looking at it like oh well now we got to go out and find another goalie coach or you know oh yeah you you bolted for more money it's it's like no respect the decision and 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 how difficult it was for you to come to that conclusion 
Like it's yeah because we don't know. And I mean, I don't know. I still don't even know about you, but I know for myself, like there is no pension. Like <laughs> there was no, I spent the majority of my career in the American hockey league. There's no pension. Like, it's not like there's right. a big pot of gold waiting for me at the end of the day when I decide to stop coaching. Like, right. It, this isn't a normal job you and I have done. Like right. you make the money while you can. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if you're spending most of your life in the American hockey league, well, you haven't made a whole lot of money. So if you have an opportunity as in the latter stages of your right. career, or as you get a little bit older, I think you said you're 50. Um, you know, how do you, how do you not do it Dusty for when you look at Rhonda and you look at the kids and, and, and the, the, the potential for numerous grandkids and, and what you want to provide for everybody going forward. Like, yeah, I'm sure you don't, want to work until you're 92 right and <laughs> yeah. i mean quite frankly I, I don't know if we'd want to see you with the pads on at 92 <laughs> i think johnny bauer was the only guy that played goal at 92 wasn't he well you know he broke in as a rookie with the leafs back then and he, you would know it's the same time as you yeah yeah <laughs> the old brown horse-haired stuff pads <laughs> no no masks Oh my God. We weren't wearing buckets or anything. It was like crazy, man. I was going to throw in your intro. I was going to, I was going to throw it in there saying that you're drafted when the NHL first came to be. Hey, I, you know what? I did kid somebody the other day that I played in the original six. Oh, really? (laughs) But no, when I got drafted, there was only 21 teams. There was 21 teams at that time. And that year, uh, the Flyers uh, had a heck of a year. They ended up losing in the Stanley Cup Finals to the New York Islanders that year. And so uh, Philadelphia had the last pick in that first round. So that's why I was the 21st player taken in the first round uh, with the Flyers. But they, yeah, and I think, Dusty, I, I, don't quote me on this one, but I think that started the four-year run of the Islanders dynasty where they won the, the four consecutive Stanley Cups. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I'm pretty sure. That was the first one. And then they went on. And then what, Edmonton won like yeah. four in a row or something like that. And it was, you know what I mean? But yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And I think the Flyers actually went on a 32-game unbeaten streak. Because back then, remember, they had ties. So you, like you could have... And so they called it, the, I think it was a 32-game unbeaten streak. They were unbelievable in the 1980s. Actually, hockey was unbelievable. And that's, that was hexy. Bossy and Trotje and Barber and Clark and Leach. And, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Was yeah, the early. Crazy. Yeah. The, the crazy good team. hockey, man. Bullies were. Yeah. Bernie and then Pelly. Yeah, that was, uh, it was a shame that uh, we weren't going to see. How good Pele could be, huh? Yeah. It was just, uh, that was a tough one. We were actually, we were on the road. I, I think we might have been in Sherbrooke or Fredericton. We were somewhere, long way away from Philly uh, the night that it happened. And then um, they called up uh, Darren Jensen. Right. I believe it was from, from us in Hershey to go up and now you talk about a tough situation for Fuck. gents to go into, Yeah, you know, and uh, that was just, uh, that was, that was a tough time in the game of hockey for sure. So, yeah. Um, and that yeah. wasn't so common then, you know, those types of stories. 
you didn't hear of them anyways. And I guess it, stuff in the in media is, is pushed a little harder now. So you see it more. Sure. But I remember sure. that, that was, that was just like a quake of a story. You know what I mean? They were like, what? It was like, everybody was just sat in shock. And such a good guy. Like, I mean, just was, a was he? great guy. Oh, unbelievable. And, and uh, he just had one of those uh, carefree uh, attitudes. Nothing seemed to, you know, if he let a goal in, you know, it didn't eat him up. It wasn't the end of the world. He, he was very personable. He had a, uh, a beautiful fiance from Sweden. Uh, Pele just, he loved fast cars. Like he, he had a, uh, oh gosh. Now again, don't quote me on all this stuff, but he had a Porsche that he had brought over from Sweden. That was, I don't believe street legal in the States. Right. It was right. just too powerful. It was right. just, um, and, uh, he had that, and uh, anyway, they they went out, and I think there was three of them in a, in a crammed into a Porsche. And anyway, he was driving, and you know, he couldn't navigate the turn, and you know, there might have been some speed, excessive speed. And I again, I'm not, don't quote me, but I mean, there right. might have been some alcohol or whatever. And um, but uh, such a tragedy, and such a great, great person, um, man, oh man, and and what a talent, and to you know what his career could have been, who knows? You know, I think, I think if you're with the Flyers, you've probably been looking for a goalie since Bernie. Yeah. Right. And that's not to take it away from Ronnie Hextall. He's played some great years for, right. for the, for the Flyers. Right. And might be the closest thing that they've had to a Bernie, but it just seems like Bernie is, is like the man. Yeah. And, it, and even if like, when I, when I was, uh, coaching and, and, and playing in Hershey and, and uh, the alumni games, like the, the, the people, they, they just like Bernie can just <laughs> still, they just, uh, you know what? People can't get enough of Bernie Crump. They just <laughs> love him to this day, Dusty. He can't walk around and people don't know who he is. It's crazy. And what was that? 70, 74, yeah. 1974, 75, when they won the back to back cups and, uh, him and Billy Barber and, and Bobby Clark are still just legendary. And the people that meet them are just so wide-eyed and grateful to, you know, shake their hand or say hello. And uh, really, just, again, yeah, unbelievable. Great, great guy. Great man. Good name, too, for a goalie. Just, I, Bernie? Yeah. No, it was, I, I remember uh, th- those are the kind of you get brought up and you like the masks and and – and the gear and stuff. And the, I just remember his being very interesting because it was just white with, yep. the, with the little sticker on it. And that was it. And so many others weren't like that, but his was just, you couldn't mistake a picture of him. You just knew right away who it was. Right. And uh, yeah. And I, I was too young then to even know uh, what he was as a goalie all the guys that I end up admiring were just because of their masks and their gear. <laughs> well, you know what, as a kid, I, 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 I always loved the goalies. Like when I played in the road in the, in the street hockey, yeah. I always strapped the pads on. I always wanted to be a goalie. And, um, 
and my mom and dad, they couldn't really afford it the one year, but for Christmas, they bought me like a set of goalie pads oh, yeah? and I'd be out on the road wearing these things. And, and not even like now I look back and go, Oh my gosh, like I'm wearing these on the road. They're getting all scuffed up. My parents couldn't afford it at, at the best, but they wanted me to be happy. So I'm playing that. And, uh, and then we were playing, I, I don't know what level it was, might've been squirt dusty. And uh, everybody took a turn being in net yeah. and it came down to my, my turn. And I was just giddy. And I was like maybe five or six. And I was just giddy to put all the equipment on. But at the end of it, they handed me the goalie mask and it wasn't a mask. It was, um, it was just like a, a welders. No, but it wasn't even a cage. It was all glass. It was almost <laughs> like, like, you know, when you flip up the yeah, welders yeah. mask, right. but it was all glass. So in my mind, I was like, that thing's going to break in my face. I kept not wearing a glass mask. So I pulled the plug on it. Like I could have been a goalie. That's how much I, I, I was enamored with being a goalie. <laughs> and here I am. And now when I think of it as I'm, I'm 58, I go, nobody could even raise the puck back then. So it's not like you were, and it was, it wasn't glass. It was, you know, like the same material they would have yeah. used for, for the, uh, the glass or the, around the boards or whatever. But for whatever reason, that I instantly went, nope, I'm not playing. I'm not going in net. And I never went net again. Like in the organized hockey, I always did it in the, in the ball hockey, right. in the street hockey. And I, to this day, I would fire the pads on. If we were going to go out in the parking lot, you and I, I would go out there with the gear on and you could fire hockey balls at me. You could fire tennis balls at me. You could fire pucks at me. I would, and we could do the sequence shooting drill <laughs> and whatever. Cause I just loved it. I thought it was freaking awesome. I loved watching uh, Mike Palmatier play for the Leafs. Oh yeah. 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 Very yeah. acrobatic. He, re he relied a lot on his reflexes. Like he was a smaller guy, but he always had the big quick glove hand and kind of a little bit of a showboat type of guy, but he had the mask with the with really the good logos on him. Yeah. And uh he was pretty popular back then. So, but yeah, could have been a goalie. Oh my God. Yeah. That would have been something. <laughs> no, you couldn't have, yeah. you couldn't have, because your, your feet are like in cement, man. They're cinder yeah, blocks. I know, but they cover a lot of net. Yeah, that's true. Cover a lot of net with those big boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hey man, I just looked and you know what? I, this is crazy because I it's just like looked. two hours. Yeah. Time yeah, no, flies, it, man. Like seriously. It seems like it was five minutes. Like we, whoever's listening is probably nodded off long ago. <laughs> 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 or they probably, if they're our age, they probably got to piss like a racehorse right now. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but I was actually just thinking because uh, I got to let the frigging dogs out. Like, <laughs> I, I, like because well, we got a, a 10 month old uh, golden retriever right now. So like I just fired her out in the garage. Well, yeah. so she wasn't like pestering me to go in and out, in and out. So I'm like, I'm thinking, Oh my God, I'm probably going to have to let her out so she can have a squirt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks so much, man, for doing this. I, I, it was great talking again. I've, I've missed uh, our chats and stuff. Make sure you tell Judy all the best and give her a hug. Do, me, okay. Yeah. And you do the same to your family for, from us. Yeah. And uh, let's, uh, we say it every time, but let's not, let's not go as the ball. Yeah. There's no, there's no excuse for it. Yeah. Especially when right now you and I, neither one of us got fuck all going on. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to change. 
That's going to change for both of us. It is. Positive thinking, man. All right. Happy New Year, my brother. Take care, man. See you, bud. All right. Have a good one. I want to thank Stutz for coming on today. This one was really cool for me. I really appreciate talking with him. and It's so much fun. Uh, but thank God in his old age he had to go take a piss. Otherwise, trust me, we would have been talking for nine hours. That man can speak. <laughs> Anyways, I hope you all enjoyed it. And hey, remember, stay safe, stay connected, and God bless.